0: It's December the 8th, 2022, and I am so very, very happy to be joined today by my very dear friend and my longtime co-host, Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? Hello,
1: Meg. I am good. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that, honestly, we both were kind of of the mindset, let's take a little break from all the holiday talk, right? Yes, most definitely. I mean, sometimes you're just not in the mood. You're like, listen, I'm going through my list. Let's stop talking about it. (laughs) Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. And I do feel like starting in November, we really did cover a lot of holiday stuff and we're not done by any means, but I think we are both just kind of ready like let's just have like a normal conversation. It is December, but we can still talk about normal things, right? Well,
1: good golly, Meg. Our first holiday focused episode was in October. Was it really? <laughs> we did the frugal festive holidays <gasps> oh my in gosh. October. Okay, and you know yes. what, though? I will say, I feel more on top of my holiday planning than I yes. have in a very long time. And I really think it's all because I recorded that episode. I think just, like, getting my own mind focused. I'm not sure anything I shared in the episode was that, like, revolutionary to, like, change the trajectory of my life. But the just the act of, like, focusing in and getting me thinking about it, it just got me all excited and focused. I just started, like, doing things. Yes,
0: Yes. And I don't know if you saw this, but Kelly posted on her personal social media that she was done with her holiday shopping, like before the 1st of December. Amazing. So we're killing it over here, you guys. I'm not (laughs) finished with buying. Not even close. So if you're not on target to be, you know, done by mid-December, that's okay. You can come sit by me. We will panic shop later.
1: (laughs) Yes. And for now, we are ignoring all of that.
0: Yes, we are because Rebecca and I wanted to do something fun and a little different this week. This is, this is more like the authentic conversations that we genuinely do have behind the scenes. And we've talked a lot on sort of awesome about how, you know, you really want to chase that, that interest. You want to chase that energy. What is so fascinating to you that you are like Googling? You're watching YouTube videos. You're searching for hashtags on TikTok or Instagram. We thought, let's bring those conversations and those topics that we're, we're thinking about. Let's, let's bring it on microphone and kind of deep dive some of this together. I, Rebecca, have gotten so into deep dive commentary on youtube i don't know if you watch any of these channels where they just do they just like take a topic and they just completely dissect and deep dive the whole thing
1: i i mean welcome to my the birth of my harry styles obsession like yes i definitely
0: (laughs) have partaken in that i find myself watching the most fascinating youtube deep dives about things that i never thought i would be interested in one of them that i always point people to is a deep dive into the history of Disney's Fast Pass, their how they've managed lines at Disney World and Disneyland through the years, which sounds so boring, but this particular video is pretty fascinating. <laughs> I I'm I am stunned. Why have you
1: never recommended it to me?
0: I'm recommending it now. I will okay. send you the link later, and I'll put the link in the show notes. It's really long, though, so buckle up. <laughs> okay. uh, but Rebecca and I have some topics that we've just been kind of like really into. We have some words on them, and we thought let's just since we don't want to talk about holiday stuff, let's just talk about normal things, and that's what we're going to do today on this little mini deep dive episode. I'm Meg Teets, and this is sort of awesome. Welcome back, awesome, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that's going to support you no matter what age or stage of life you are in, well, I'm really thrilled to tell you that you've come to the right place. We are so glad you are here. We want you to know we're not just a podcast at Sorta Awesome. We are also your community on the go. So come and join us in one of our online communities. You can find us on Facebook in our Sort of Awesome Hangout, almost 6,000 incredible women who meet there every day to talk, to get and receive recommendations, to give advice, share wisdom. Basically make a difference in each other's lives mm-hmm. in our Facebook community. And we have a really fun community growing on Instagram too. Come find us at Sort of Awesome Show on Instagram. We are always going to let you know when we have new episodes dropping and kind of just talk about what's awesome in your life this week. We share reels and TikToks and polls and just have a lot of fun over there at Sort of Awesome Show. And one last reminder. Yes, we are in the holiday season. If you are shopping Amazon this holiday season, it would mean Much to us if you would shop Amazon through our affiliate link. It's super easy. Just go to com slash Amazon. It will take you straight to the Amazon homepage and any shopping that you do after you have gone to Amazon through our affiliate link. Amazon's going to throw a few dollars and cents our way. It's absolutely free to you. It does not change your total checkout price at Amazon, but they do send a little money our way and it really does make a huge difference in supporting the show. So again, sorta of awesome show dot com slash Amazon for your Amazon shopping this December. Okay. Rebecca, we do have some thoughts, some words, some feelings, some just like random stuff that's been on our mind. We're gonna get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. This is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, a movie music, products, whatever is bringing that gold sparkle to our lives. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week? Well, my underwear
1: is what is making me happy these days.
0: (laughs) I was not (laughs) prepared. I was not prepared to hear you say my underwear.
1: (laughs) Okay, listen. I am the type who puts off buying new underwear. I, I hate spending money on it. It seems like it always costs more than it should. I don't like the idea of, like... Going and like trying underwear on, like nobody like you don't like try underwear on I at the store. I no, think that's no, it's no. not a thing. And so then you come home and you're disappointed or disgruntled Oof. because it doesn't quite yes. fit the way that you wanted it to fit. And so yes, I have really held off on buying underwear. My underwear drawer needed a major makeover, and I succeeded in that this year. I okay. participated in Soma's underwear sale. Nice. Twice this year, they—I don't know how often do they do this, uh, but sometimes they'll do a ten for forty sale. And so I—I I don't know what got into me. Somebody who never wanted to spend like five dollars for a pair of underwear suddenly spent eighty
0: dollars on underwear this year. <laughs> Look at you, Rebecca. Oh my god. were you able it. to do it? Do you think? Do you think because of the sale? Because I know you're very frugal minded. So do you think that the sale just, like, enticed you to to go ahead and do a whole underwear yeah. <laughs> refresh
1: yes. and rebrand? Yes. <laughs> sale terminology. Like, they brainwashed me with that sale. Um, yeah. And, but frankly, I mean, I needed it. Like, I did not like – I was getting frustrated picking out my underwear every day. I did not yeah. like what was going on. Um, so I tried several different styles – of Soma underwear. But okay. I am going to bring as my awesome of the week one style in particular. It is their and Bliss soft stretch hipster underwear. Okay. So, this is what you need to know about it. It goes from size extra small to extra large and comes in lots of colors. The in Bliss line also comes in a thong style, a boy short style and a brief style. I'm I'm most interested in the hipster one, um, okay, but you know, I haven't tried the rest of those. The brief style and the thong style go up to a double XL, okay, and it is a nylon spandex blend. So for those who need like one hundred percent cotton underwear, this is not going to be for you. but I love this underwear so very much because oh my
0: goodness, it's
1: incredibly soft, very stretchy. Thin, it's silky, like it truly feels like I am not wearing anything when I put it on.
0: (laughs) I am into this. I have worn some underwear in the past, but I don't think I have worn this particular line of theirs. I am very enticed right now.
1: It is just like the thinnest, flimsiest looking underwear. Like I I wish I had a pair. I have some still new. I should have brought a pair for show and tell to like hold it up so you could see. (laughs) It is so incredibly thin and silky uh the stretchiness i really really like which makes it great for when you're fluctuating weight maybe you have sure. some period bloating i think the underwear runs true to size but with that extra stretchiness to it you know you can really kind of lean one way or the other i think there's just really right. some like forgiveness in that yeah you know how also, too, like, on your belly, for those who have bellies, you know, sometimes your underwear, you, like, pull it up and then it, like, slides down under oh, yeah. the belly bump, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The roll down. Yes. Yep. So I have worn underwear in the past where that, like, slide down is so incredibly uncomfortable. It feels, like, yes. tight. It feels like your underwear is not in the right spot. This right. maybe does, like slide down a little bit or like it goes like under the belly bump a little bit but like it doesn't because of the softness and the stretchiness and the thinness of it it's not uncomfortable okay. it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yes. if it like slides down a little bit or shifts a little bit i just really really like it
0: Yay, so much underwear. All right. Um, right. I'm very intrigued, Rebecca, very intrigued. You're going to have to check those out for sure. And it is a weird part of our lives where, you know, people meet us and be like, oh, my gosh, I love the show. And like, you're instantly thinking, that means you know what kind of underwear I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We do it all for the awesomes, and we're happy to do it. Okay. I also interestingly have a product. It's not nearly as um intimate as underwear. <laughs> Oh, that's maybe a good thing. <laughs> okay, mine is my new favorite liquid eyeliner. Now, you and I have talked about the eyeliner situation before. I think you brought the wet and wild breakup mm-hmm. proof, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just recently have finally started wearing liquid eyeliner after trying a variety of different eyeliner you know, formulas and applications through the years. I'm really liking it, but I'm not very good at it. I'm definitely a beginner. And so I need something that has a super, super fine tip. I find that the finer the tip, the easier for me to apply, and it's a little bit more forgiving. And so I was at TJ Maxx the other day, which I'm just going to pause and say that was a huge mistake. I've never gone into a TJ Maxx, I guess, in December. Rebecca... When I tell you, I couldn't even get down the aisles oh. to like, especially, you know, like in the makeup and skincare and haircare area, it kind of gets a little crowded in there on a on a non-holiday day. I was like, my claustrophobia will not allow this. I was so overwhelmed. There were so many people in there. But I was able to kind of skim through the makeup section, and I found this two-pack of Stila. I think it's how you say it. Stila or Stila, I I never know. S-T-I-L-A. Which is a Sephora, you know, level brand of cosmetics, their stay all day waterproof liquid eyeliner came in a two pack of their black and the chocolate brown colors. And that's why it's been awesome for me this week because all of these liquid, liquid eyeliners I've been experimenting with are black. That's a pretty traditional shade. I feel like for liquid eyeliner. This was my first time picking up a brown one and I really like it. I like that you still get the effect in the, in the application of wearing a liquid eyeliner, but it's just not quite as severe. It's like a little bit more appropriate for just regular daytime right? I mean, I don't mean anything's inappropriate. You can wear whatever you want any time of the day. But for me, it just feels like a little bit more casual to do a brown. That's what I was going to say, casual. Yeah, exactly. And I'm really liking the black too. I haven't used it as much, but I really like the application of this. Again, the point on this is very, very fine. So easy, super forgiving, and I do think it is pretty waterproof. In fact, the other night I had taken off all my makeup and, and taken off eye makeup, and I could still see a little, even after I'd taken my makeup off, a little along the top lash line of the, the eyeliner that was still there. So I'm giving it a big thumbs up on the waterproof, uh, waterproofing of this particular eyeliner. Now I will say one eyeliner at Sephora if you get it there, is $23. That's a little pricey, especially if you are a beginner and you're kind of still trying to figure out if you like a liquid eyeliner. So if you have a TJ Maxx close by, stop by there, fight the crowds, see if you can push your way over to the makeup section and see if they have any of these. Um, Or if you're somebody who people give you Sephora gift cards, especially at the holidays or maybe for your birthday and you never really know what to pick, put this on your wish list because I'm loving it. I do think $23 is maybe a stretch for that, but hey, maybe it's perfect. Maybe it's the perfect price range for you. So again, it's the Stila brand, S-T-I-L-A, uh, Stay All Day Waterproof Liquid Eyeliner. Awesome. Yes, very. Okay, those are our awesomes of the week. We will put links in the show notes for you guys to go check those out. And again, come find us in one of our uh, groups on social media. We would love to have you at our Sort of Awesome Hangout or at Sort of Awesome Show on Instagram so we can talk all about what is awesome in your life. Rebecca and I have some deep dives that we are more than happy to share with you. We're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay Rebecca, we are back and today we're doing something a little different but very casual, very fun, very just true to us kind of conversations, doing some little mini deep dives. We don't really we we know the sort of general topics that the other person is talking about, but I'm I'm prepared to be wildly wildly informed by what you have <laughs> to share with us. Okay. What's your first topic? Okay. Well, I don't know how wild it
1: is, but <laughs> but my first topic is that I have really found an interest in movie making and really? some like behind the scene things that are happening in the movie industry.
0: And oh my gosh. Wait, I have to tell you yes? <laughs> of all of the things I thought you were going to talk about, filmmaking, movie making, that was not going to be on the list. <laughs> Although, as a reminder, and longtime awesomes know this: like acting and theater, and and that is your realm. Like that's your home base. That's your literal degree, right?
1: Uh, yes, video production and theater.
0: Yes. Okay. So,
1: I mean, the pathway of how I got here is very typical, Rebecca. <laughs> so, I mean, I was on TikTok, as of course, as one is, as and we do. um, as always. Anything that is, like, Harry Styles related gets sent to my For You page, which is, if you're not on TikTok, it's, like, the videos that the app, the algorithm of the app recommends to you. And there is a guy named Josh, and he worked on props for one of Harry's films, Don't Worry Darling. And he was sharing behind-the-scenes close-up explanations and looks at some of the props that he created for Don't Worry Darling, which of course was then sent to me and I found fascinating. So I watched several of his things. Um, His handle on TikTok is at prop master josh and he calls himself okay. josh props and mm-hmm. he also worked on euphoria which is something that i did not watch but i know it's wildly popular so anyway i just have a few little tidbits of some things that i've learned about props in particular <laughs> in yes. the movie industry so the other and this i recognize that this is kind of a visual heavy um conversation (laughs) so tell me everything so most definitely go check out like uh his tiktok but he showed a little demonstration of different stunt props and so he had on his table like lined up um a hammer with, like, a wooden handle. And he said, you know, this one is like a real regular wooden hammer. If we ever need to use it in something that's like functional, like we're actually hammering something, this is the hammer that we use. And then he showed two other, like, soft versions of the hammer, which they look exactly alike, but he like, okay. literally could, like, squeeze them. And oh so gosh. he's saying basically in any type of scene where there's any sort of choreographed um, violence or attack or just, you know, whatever. Anytime that that's the case, all of those things that people are holding, they are all 100% (gasps) fake and they are soft. If you have to throw something, it is soft. Like it's not going to ever hurt anybody. And I just thought this was really interesting.
0: interesting. Yes. He
1: also showed, he showed like a a demonstration of some, some knives that you would like hold in your hand, like maybe like a switchblade knife or something. And then on one side of it, the side that would be hidden as somebody is holding it there would be a um a tube that comes out the blade and there would be like this uh, (laughs) again this is so visual i'm doing like a terrible job there'd be like this canister that holds this liquid that gets like hidden by the person's like forearm and then this tube that like hides behind the blade and so then when they press down on, like, somebody's uh. neck to, like, slit their throat. Um, content warning for
0: violence. <laughs> I <laughs> going to say, whoa, that got super violent. Okay. And then, also, you guys need to know, Rebecca's, like, <laughs> acting these out as she's telling me. So, like, I got the visual of this the throat slitting, too. <laughs> so, you're holding the knife
1: up to someone's throat, and you know how, like, you just press on it a little bit, and, like, the blood, like, kind of, like, starts to, like, trickle just a little bit? That's, right. like, happening In real time with the actor like squeezing this contraption that like releases the blood from the knife tube. Isn't that fascinating?
0: I have wondered so many times how that all works because, you know, in the the post-production, when you're watching it as a viewer, it's very seamless and very realistic. It doesn't look like, oh, you can see how they faked that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I mean, goodness, we live in the land of like the Avatar movie existing, right? Like there yeah. are like so many things that you can fake and make look real. So yeah. like computer generated things obviously play a part in all of this. But I just thought that was fascinating. He also yes. he shared, um, and this is I'm going to do this spoiler free if you have not seen Harry Styles' film, Don't Worry, Darling. But there are some glasses that they drink out of, and then there's one scene that gets um, a little physical. And he showed these two glasses side by side—the real one that they would drink out of—and then this other one that looks exactly like it, except he like could squeeze it. Like it's like so incredibly okay. flexible. It's like soft and flexible.
0: Wild. I love that. It. Is amazing. Okay, so interesting. I have more. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. So he also was talking about that. Whenever there's any alcohol at all on set, it's all like fake. Because they they don't do any kind of drinking, so that makes sense. That ma- does yeah. make sense. So, alcohol, wine, champagne. There's all these different kinds of alcohol-free champagnes and things like that. Mm. That they look like, they pour like, they bubble like, just like regular alcohol. And they just take the labels off the bottle, go to a regular liquor store, and like attach like real labels to these fake
0: bottles. Interesting. Okay. I, 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 always presumed it was probably fake for obvious reasons because, you know, when you're, we're filming a, a TV show or especially a movie, they do many, many takes of scenes. Yes. So that makes Being sense.
1: Being drunk on the job is usually <laughs> frowned a little, upon. Unprofessional. <laughs> yes. He also talked about blood rugs which is mm. a company that makes fake liquid spills. You know how oh. you've, you've seen like the like the, the cup that's like turned over the coffee yes. cup that people put on their desks as like a prank in the office. Yeah, oh, yeah you're yeah, so yeah. funny, Bob. Um, They do that for all kinds of any type of blood of any kind or okay. whatever, any kind of like uh, or any sort of like human fluid that might have been on the floor. Like all of that is right. like these fake like silicone types of things that they just put down. He shared the recipe for making fake ice cream, oh, which I think could be fun to make for my kids, like maybe on uh, April Fool's Day. I was gonna Day, say, which, yeah, it's a of course, I'm not, go- I'm not gonna do that. It sounds fun, <laughs> but like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. So, it's a, you take a can of Crisco and you mix in powdered sugar, some food coloring, like he made mint chocolate chip, like uh, a little bit of food coloring, chocolate chips, and then you add in some corn syrup and I am telling you he scooped this into cones and into a bowl and it looked 100% like chocolate chip ice cream
0: mint chocolate so, chip. That's so interesting. I've seen food stylists for who work for like magazines or do like yes. video production talk about some of their tricks and hacks because so many foods don't like show up well on film either camera, you know, like a still picture or on camera. And so food stylists have like those kinds of little tips and tricks to make it something fake so that it looks real when you're looking at it. That is something else that I find utterly
1: fascinating, like fake food for like advertising. I find it so fascinating. Josh Props also did a demo on how to do fake poop. (laughs) <laughs> he mixed <laughs> okay. two cups of creamy peanut butter, a half a cup of chocolate syrup, mix it really well, then heat it in the microwave to help, like, infuse it all together and then keep mixing. <laughs> mix, mix, mix. And then it, like, kind of starts to cool and it gets, like, thick. And then he put it in, like, a plastic bag, chopped off the end to, like, pipe it out. And then he's, like, piping out And it so looks like big dookie chunks just, like, landing on the plate. Not the dookie chunks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have one more. I have one more prop thing that I found fascinating. They make silent props. Okay. So that things that are happening in the background are not oh. distracting for sound engineers. Yes. So like if there is a pool game going on, those pool balls are not real. They they won't actually clink into each other. They won't make noise like if okay. it's happening in the background. You can get silent paper bags because a paper bag at the grocery store, it actually makes a lot of noise. And then that all messes with like can- um, the microphones and all that. There's a company called Proptricks.com where they make paper bags, but it's a matte vinyl
2: and oh it my.
1: just looks like regular paper bag, but it's a yeah. vinyl bag.
0: That's so interesting. I never would have thought about that. Of course, you know, filming something, the audio has to be really like on point. I've never thought about something as simple as a paper bag could actually wrestle so much that it's distracting to the sound they're trying to get for the scene. Holy wow, Rebecca. This is a whole, this is a whole rabbit hole that you could tumble down. Okay, well,
1: you want to hear another whole layer to all of this? Yes, (laughs) not. So not only have I been interested in like these props, and of course, it's been fun to see him share props from Don't Worry Darling because of my Harry Styles Mm -hmm. obsession, Mm -hmm. but I was having this conversation with one of my friends, and we were talking about the show that's on Hulu. It was my Awesome of the Week a while back Mm -hmm. called Normal People. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it is extremely intimate. There's, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of nudity. There's a lot of sex. And I was talking with my friend, and she is saying, I just don't understand how they film these things, and they're not, like— actually getting aroused or like actually mm-hmm. doing it and i right. was like well but like they're not like i i know they look like they're naked but surely they're not like actually fully naked well what do you know TikTok like hears me talking about this you know in hey, next some thing you know the next thing you know um at intimacy coordinator that's the handle oh my on TikTok,
0: gosh <laughs> okay. I, as you were talking, I was like, oh, if she doesn't talk about intimacy coordinator, I've got to say this. <laughs> okay. We're literally sharing the same brain. Go ahead, please. So her name is Jessica
1: Steinrock, and she choreographs spicy scenes for TV. There's also intimacy coordinators that can work for movies as well. And she acts as an advocate for actors, for the crew, for anyone who's going to be involved in these intimate scenes You know, to build trust, to ensure consent, and to cover all the important bits that need to be covered when filming these kinds of things. And so TikTok, again, served me her um, account on TikTok, at Intimacy Coordinator, and she shares all of the the behind-the-scenes of how they actually film these things to make them look real. So the biggest thing is that every one of these scenes requires two things, a modesty garment— Something mm-hmm. that although uh I mean in some scenes, yes, people are like fully naked, probably yeah. right. Yeah. But but like for the most part they're usually not. So some sort of modesty garments cover all the important things and then also like a barrier, which is usually some sort of padding. Okay, And oftentimes these will be put in a strapless thong. So she's always like holding up this strapless thong. So basically what that means is it's like sticky at the top. It's like a thong, but it doesn't have the the, <laughs> the straps on the side.
0: Okay. I'm like thinking like, how can a thong be strapless? Like it, that's all there is to it.
1: It doesn't have, it doesn't go around the hips because right. It's okay. the hips that we always see that are naked. Like yeah, there's yeah, always yeah. like nothing there on the hips.
0: Right. So it,
1: it literally has adhesive that sticks to the top, like up by okay. like the pubic bone. And then yeah. it goes around and covers yeah, yeah. the bits and then also then sticks to like the tailbone. But okay. it's a thong. So it like goes between the cheeks and all that. Okay. I didn't. I didn't I didn't realize how much of a content warning i needed for
0: <laughs> segments here people are like like moms are like rushing for their pause button because they were listening with their kids in the car sorry friends
1: so so there's modesty garments okay and for men and women of course they like look different they're like more of a pouch or like less of a pouch and then they have like these foam barriers that can also be included so that there's you know there's not that such an intimate feeling of, like, touching each other. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So,
1: also, they use a lot of prosthetics. So, like, just because you see somebody naked doesn't mean you're actually seeing them naked. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: Yes. Oh, her account like, is Like, especially fascinating. for men. Like, yeah. Like, especially men. Like, you're not okay. necessarily seeing the real deal there. Yeah. And she also talks a lot about... um About Merkins. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I actually do know what that is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a like, it's like a pubic hair wig.
0: Yep. Good golly. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't we content warning this at the top? <laughs> I just find it fascinating. It so is like so
1: interesting. depending on like the time period or like what you got going on, like maybe you might need to fake some of that. So yeah. any or maybe you just are like, that's too much. Like I, I I'm willing to stand there and have it look like I'm naked, but I don't want the actual intimacy of everybody yes. truly seeing Sing- yes. all of my bits and pieces.
0: So And for the actor, I mean it may even just be like for their own personal like whatever you know their own dignity their own whatever you want to put the word in there even though that to the viewer it looks realistic like we're really seeing right. everything but for them they can at least have the i don't know what to say peace of mind or um reassurance of knowing that their actual body yeah. was not what was on film
1: so there you go that that is um something that I have been exploring
0: the intimacy coordinators TikTok account is so wildly fascinating. I do not know why TikTok brought it to me. And this has been months ago. I had forgotten about it. I even wondered if she might be an interesting person to have on the show just to talk about, you know, what her job is, because I'm wildly fascinated by that. Also, speaking of Merkins. (laughs) What? Where is this going to go? (laughs) Listen, just hang with me. Hang with me. I hope That's everybody a that had their I've never thought
1: I would ever hear anybody say.
0: Speaking of Merkin's, something I've been wanting to talk about. I hope everybody who's I mean, listening I... with their children have already pushed pause and come back to this later.
1: I, I, it's so hypocritical for me to like shame you talking about Merkins. I literally was the one that brought it up.
0: Well, here's I actually it's too hard to explain how I knew that, but I've known for a long time what a Merkin was. But what I didn't know until very recently, and I start, I've i been listening to a ton of the Beyond the Blinds podcast, which does celebrity blinds and like celebrity gossip. So Rebecca, you've probably heard the term like if a gay man um, is dating a woman to project the image that he's heterosexual, the, the woman is called a beard, right? Yes, I have heard that. What I did not know until I started listening to that podcast is that the inverse, when a woman is a lesbian, but she's dating a man to show her heterosexuality, that the man is not called a beard. He's called a merkin. I didn't know that. I didn't know either. I'm 45 years old. And I just found that out recently. (laughs) I don't think anybody listening knows that. (laughs) Well they
1: do now. They do now. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes.
0: So okay. <laughs> that was really good and so interesting. Um one of our twins, JK, is super into filmmaking, like just as an interest and he watches all these YouTube videos about how different special effects work and he's always telling me all of this. And I'm just I'm I think this is so interesting. I might show him some of the prop stuff. Um So he can kind of further his. Yeah. Just the prop stuff, (laughs) not the intimacy coordinator stuff. He's not quite ready for that. Uh, But so he can kind of further his filmmaking um, interests and all of that. So that was so good. All right. My first deep dive is also related to TikTok. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Rebecca and I spend a not small amount of time on TikTok, I think. But Rebecca, we need to talk about Kevin. And the female gaze, not G-A-Y-S, although please do listen if you are, but this is the gaze, like G-A-Z-E, the female gaze. And I have to give co-producer credit to this to my daughter, AJ, who's 15. She and I have really, really good conversations. She really does consider herself a feminist. And we've had some really good conversations, both of us talking back and forth, because she learns a lot She's exposed to a lot of feminist ideas on TikTok. And so we have conversations about it. And I, as a much older woman, will try to give her like the historical context of like, well, that's that's a thought now, but in the history of feminism, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about the different waves of feminism. We've talked about how early waves of feminism, and it's sometimes still a struggle even today, can be exclusive of women of color. And so we've had like some really good conversations about feminism that have come up because of TikToks. And last week, and I asked you if you'd seen this video, there was a whole thing on TikTok inspired by a man's video, the man, his name is Kevin, and I I forgot to look up his account. I think that's fine. I don't think you have to know his actual account. I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys for the original video. But people had taken this video, um, and I'll talk more about the, the TikTok itself here in a minute, and and began to say, like, this guy's video, like he gets it. He understands the female gaze. And then oh then there was a reaction against those videos of being like, wait a second, hold on. The thing that you're saying is not the thing that you think you're saying. Which happens a lot on TikTok, right?
1: Oh, yes, most definitely. <laughs>
0: So, I wanted to talk a little bit because I so H and I were talking about this, and I I did get really interested in what do we mean when we're talking about the male gaze, which many of us have probably heard in pop culture commentary. What do we mean when we talk about the female gaze? And the idea, the original core idea, came from how viewers engage with visual media. So the the whole idea of there even being a male gaze or a female gaze really finds its roots in like 1970s era film theory, film criticism, looking at how visual representation. So things like, like movies for sure, but TV shows, commercials, how we experience those on a visual level. So I found this article at the website, The Conversation. It was written by Janice Lorick in 2016 and she Summed it up like this, quote, the male gaze invokes the sexual politics of the gaze and suggests a sexualized way of looking that empowers men and objectifies women. In the male gaze, woman is visually positioned as an object of heterosexual male desire. Her feelings, thoughts, and her own sexual drives are less important than her being framed By male desire, end quote. So, you know, essentially this idea that women are made worthy when they are the object of a man's desire. Does that kind of track for you, Rebecca, in terms of the concept of the male gaze?
1: Yes, yes. So <laughs> I'm just waiting to see where, where you take this, especially related to Kevin and
0: that whole phenomenon. Oh, believe me. I'm going to get <laughs> okay. there. Don't I'm you worry. I'm tracking with you. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> yes. So we really do. We see this mostly in media. So we do see it. And in t- in, it really did start in film. But it can definitely be applied to the way TV shows are shot, the way commercials even are shot. But what we do know that even though this is something that we think about, how does the camera capture a woman and what's the focus of the woman and those types of things, the way that we consume our media and the type of media we consume really shapes our culture and kind of trickle down effect, how men perceive the women in their lives, the actual like flesh and blood, not on camera women, the actual real women. And that that in turn kind of shapes how women perceive each other and ultimately how women Perceive themselves. And so there's, you know, a lot of discussion in feminist theory when you're talking about the male gaze and like stepping outside of the male gaze and being totally comfortable with being a human being who is not making her decisions based on, um, how men are going to perceive her. If she's going to be perceived as attractive, sexy, um, as a, you know, as wife material or whatever it might be, just to exist in her own agency outside of how men perceive her. And I'm using a lot of very general application of these ideas. I know all of us are sitting here thinking like, but I, you know, this man in my life is not like that and blah, blah, blah. And and that's fine. I totally understand. We're just talking about broad concepts. I'm also talking about gender in the most broad and conventional application, just so we could kind of get to the point of this TikTok and why AJ and I got riled up about it. (laughs) So um so yeah, so there's this whole concept that within the male gaze, um, that it's really uh again, a lot of the film theory from the nineteen seventies talked about this concept of um let me see if I can say this word right, scopophilia. Oh, I think that's it. Scopophilia. Good job. Sounds yeah. right. And that is a psychoanalytical term that talks about the sexual pleasure involved in looking. So again, this idea that male creators, male directors are like literally looking through the camera lens and shaping how they're showing women um, in a way that ultimately sexualizes or objectifies women, right? So mm-hmm. that's the context of the male gaze. So then the question comes up, like, is there a female gaze? Because this whole Kevin video is really steeped in the concept of female gaze. So again, going back to film theory, where it originated, it's it's like, yes, maybe there is a female gaze, but it's different. Even though certainly there are very attractive men in in media, they're, you know, very attractive movie stars or pop stars or, you know, whatever that we see on camera. And and certainly there are women who enjoy seeing that. That the idea, the the big difference comes in the the outcome. So the male gaze creates a sort of power imbalance because the male gaze is Looking at and objectifying the woman, the woman becomes just like this object of desire where in the man, the man is like em- empowered to view women in that way. The female gaze is different. It's a little, it's more about the sensory and emotional experience of the subject. It could certainly, the female gaze can certainly be about a partner. In a romantic relationship or even just being attracted to somebody. But something that's different about the female gaze is it can also focus on friendships or self discovery. Any topic that explores the like inner experience of a woman and how that is like manifested in the media that you're viewing that is what the female gaze is. It's less about sexual attraction and it's certainly not about just flipping the script and and turning men into objects, right? It's right. about the inner experience that a woman is having and like how do we translate that into creating that visual or that experience for the viewer of whatever the thing is. And I thought this was really interesting. Elizabeth Hayes, again, back in 2016, and of course, we have links for all of our sources and and all of that in the show notes. But Elizabeth Hayes wrote an article at Medium and was specifically about romance novels, which I thought was so interesting. You and I both, we love a romance novel, don't we? (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. But she was talking about how there's there's a certain caution to be noted of flipping that male gaze into the female gaze that goes back to the imbalance of power. So she wrote, quote, Feminism is fundamentally about equality. Therefore, placing men in objectified roles as a way to show women in power is not ultimately going to empower women. Instead, if women want to be elevated within societies around the world, we must also elevate men. By this, I don't mean putting them above women in terms of stature but rather giving them the space to be more than what they've been allowed to be under patriarchy. This means subjecting men to a different standard, one where their emotional and psychological maturity matters more than whether or not they can maintain a six-pack, play the hero, or make a seven-figure salary. End quote. So I thought that was really interesting. And Rebecca, I know we have read a lot, and you and I both really like contemporary romances, right?
1: I mean, that is my
0: my. Premise. Yeah. So c- romances that are taking place, like in our modern era, I do think that modern romance, modern contemporary romance, especially, really provides examples of the female gaze, and that a lot of times the m- the male main character they are presented as human beings who are imperfect, who are emotionally vulnerable, and they're willing to learn and to grow, and you kind of can track their journey throughout the way the narrative plays out in the in the romance novel. I I think I've noticed that. I wonder if you have had that experience.
1: Oh yes, most definitely. I mean, so often it's it's the the journey of a man becoming vulnerable, like learning to tap into his emotions yes. that even are highlighted. Because it's not just about The alpha male, it's the alpha male who is like broken because of a woman and like suddenly
0: has like learned to open his heart and be vulnerable. Exactly. So, so true. And I would also assert that like almost everything I've read in the realm of fan fiction is strongly influenced by the female gaze. And again, most. Fanfic writers are women. And this is such a great example of why fanfiction is so important because it allows writers to go in and play around with the characters they love and write them in a way that satisfies something that's missing in that inner female experience of the original material. Perfect example, the Draco Malfoy of all the fics that I have read may still be, you know, true to, true to character and that he's still arrogant. He's still snobby. He's still difficult to be around, but in fanfic, writers will often explore Draco's inner insecurities and his trauma and his desire to be good and to find um to find what's the word I'm looking for? Redemption. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like I was yes. going through so many R words in my mind. I was like, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Redemption. That's it.
1: <laughs> Redemption, I think, is a is a key plot point in so many Romance, novel. yes,
0: absolutely, and I think that that is again speaks to the importance that the female gaze places on the inner emotional journey. I would say, in summary, that the the female gaze is ultimately a holistic view of the subject. It looks at the subject as a whole person, as opposed to the objectifying view of the male gaze. So when a subject is allowed to be whole and appreciated in their wholeness, no matter how perfect or imperfect that wholeness might be, then you're viewing that subject with a female gaze again, as opposed to the male gaze, which is centered on the parts and only the parts that are attractive or appealing. So now we get to the Kevin video. So again, I will link in the show notes to this TikToks if it's not taken down. You know how TikTok is. Sometimes Sometimes Rebecca will send me a TikTok and I'll open it to go watch <laughs> it. It'll be like, oh, this video has been removed. Um, in the Kevin video, which Rebecca, I know you have seen, the, the yes. TikToker himself is named Kevin. He is uh, in front of a camera, and he behind him is like a closet door with a shirt hanging on it. Like this is like <laughs> this is like zero production value. Okay, there's a Justin yeah. Bieber song um, playing, but it's uh, sped up in the background, and Kevin is like this kind of awkward, unassuming guy. And he's kind of like making some awkward movements. But at one point in the video, he makes eye contact with the quote unquote viewer, right? So he's looking into the camera. And it's like he, in that moment, he has like this couple of seconds of breakthrough confidence. And he like, it's clear as he's looking into the camera or to the viewer that the idea being like, he just st- had to stop and just like his confidence of being this like, I don't know, this, like, sort of bedroom eyes or, like, F-me <laughs> eyes.
1: <laughs> that's true. Well, and yet, yes, that's the vibe he's, like, supposed to be portraying. But I will say that my my friend said it, he has Billie Eilish eyes. Oh, like,
0: interesting. Like,
1: like, it's this, like, half... Um closed eye type of look Uh that I think is very characteristic of how Billie Eilish
0: interesting how she like naturally normally looks that's so fascinating I hadn't thought about that but I could see that Um, so viewed through the female lens it's kind of appealing I don't know I have I have watched this TikTok so many times I'm like sick about it (laughs) like a (laughs) that I gave it that many views but b like now like at first I was like, okay, I can see this. Like it kind of gets this vibe that he's being awkward, but once he makes eye contact with you, the woman or whatever, you're just like so sexy that he, this confidence comes from nowhere and he just can't help himself. But to like kind of, he does kind of like a look up and down, right? Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so another way to look at it is maybe – and I think this is why women were taking his video and stitching it and then basically that's like showing part of the video and then giving commentary on it – is that they were saying the female gaze is that it doesn't matter how conventionally attractive or unattractive a man is. If he's confident in his approach, that that's hot. And then they were saying this is an example of – The female gaze. Now listen, side note, there is a bunch, a bunch of side story on Kevin, the actual person who made this TikTok who now has millions of followers. But Kevin ain't it y'all. He has said some incredibly Mm. misogynistic and outright racist things in live streams and other places around the internet. I will link to an excellent Jarvis Johnson YouTube video that deep dives all the ways that Kevin himself is problematic.
2: <laughs> are
0: you surprised? Are you surprised? No. <laughs> because the other part of this is a lot of women watch this and are like, um, that's not hot. That's creepy. Like if a guy looks at me like that, I'm like, okay, you're a creep and I'm going to stay away from you. <laughs> it's very subjective. That's for
1: sure. I I don't quite understand fully why it blew up. I think I might land more on the creepy side of yeah. things.
0: <laughs> or just like some people are just like, I just don't see it. Like, I do not see how in this couple of seconds of him, like, pausing in his awkwardness and looking you up and down, I don't see the hotness. And that's a valid response to it, too, I think. But, I mean, obviously, there were, like, millions of people who are like, that is so hot. Mm-hmm. But the infuriating thing to me that as AJ and I were talking about this the other night, I got so riled up about this, Rebecca. Mm, Tell me what. This isn't the female gaze. It's actually still the male gaze. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many TikToks of women saying, finally, a man who gets the female gaze. And I'm just like, no, baby. No, it is still glorifying celebrating this man's response to a woman like it's still the
1: same thing okay so i'm glad you said that because i have not i haven't gotten it like i watched the video and i was like okay i want to get this and then I feel like I'm like educated enough in the female gaze versus the male gaze. This is not the first conversation I've had about this. I feel like I know what this is. I've seen the Jane Austen clips where it zooms in on his hand yes. after he touches her and like everybody's like like that that's like classic like yes. female gaze. Yes. It's, it's 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 how he's been affected by a simple touch. You know, right. it's like that zoom in on that hand. And I looked at this and I was like, I don't I don't quite get it. <laughs> So please continue talking and explaining more as to how this is not actually it.
0: <laughs> well, because again, what it centers and what it is exploring is this man's response to you the viewer as a, a stand-in for a woman. And look, you can think that's hot. You can look at you can watch this video and be like, "Okay, if a guy looked at me like that, I would be like, okay, I'm interested. I'm into it. Let's see where this goes." Mm-hmm. That's fine. I am mm-hmm. not in any way judging or demeaning that experience right. of it at all. The thing that made me so, I don't want to say angry, but just like I got really riled up about it is that that's just, you cannot call that the female gaze. And the thing about TikTok is we all know, and especially if you have teenagers in your house who are on TikTok, you know, they will come to you with a new diagnosis of themselves every week that they learned about on TikTok. <laughs> oh dear. Labeling things as a thing that are not that thing. There's That's rampant on TikTok. The the female gaze though is... um It's just, it's, we can't, and I, and I, again, I go back to that 2016 article by Elizabeth Hayes. We can't just flip it around. We can't just turn it around to where it's women objectifying men and the way they do a certain thing or a certain look that they have and say, okay, this is then is what the female gaze is. Because it's not, the male gaze is about breaking something down into parts and assessing their attractiveness, whereas the female gaze ultimately is about experiencing something in its, in its wholeness and about the um, the appreciation of it from, from your inner self instead of that outward thing that you're viewing. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yes. I hear what you're saying. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I do think that TikTok is doing a great thing in terms of opening up new conversations, new understandings for your Younger generations, AJ and I have had so many conversations about feminism. We do not always agree. She will be like, I can't believe you think this. That's not very feminist of you. And then we kind of, instead of me like reacting to that and being like, how dare you? We just like kind of unpack it. And she shares why her view of an understanding of feminism might be one thing and mine might be another. So it's been really great. TikTok is great for starting conversations, but you do still have to apply like a f- fact check filter. <laughs> I wish there was a fact check filter on TikTok. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's helpful. We're on all the social media, honestly.
1: Well, you know, in kind of the same realm, I don't know. You might want to cut this, <laughs> cut this part out. But I'm just gonna tell it to you. Okay. Every time I'm just talking to you. Okay. I saw a TikTok that went viral. Where it was the female gaze versus the male gaze. And broken down into, like, just simply, like, what is attractive. Not necessarily, yeah. like, the whole, like, equality of it all. Right. Or the, you know, the uplifting of it all. The inner beauty of it all. But just, like, just like f- what is attractive. Yeah. And it's this TikTok that went viral of a woman, a, well, a very young woman, giving, like, a literal demonstration, fully clothed, though, of, like, when you send your girl... A sexy photo. Yeah. A dick pic. <laughs> okay, you can that. Just to be clear. <laughs> okay. When you send it... Don't send it from this, like, awkward angle from above that's, like, your little literal perspective. Send it, like, set up the camera from, like, further across the room and, like, lean into it and, like, show me, like, what I would see. And then I saw this stitch. Don't ask why these things come on my For You page. And then I saw this stitch come through where somebody was like, yes, this is it. Because what do women send? Now, okay. I just need to clarify. I was married and done before, like, sending nudes and like sexy photos was like such a big thing. So, like, I, this is all fascinating For sure. to me because this is a glimpse into yes. a world that I have. I know nothing about, okay? Right. So this woman stitches it, and she's like, yes, all these men are sending these photos, and it's all their own gaze of what they are literally looking at. It is literally the male gaze of looking at themselves, where because men are just so used to being in charge of the quote unquote gaze and then you have women yes. every single photo that a woman ever sends is like presenting herself to the audience because she's so used to being the object that oh is being my gosh at. yes never have you ever heard of a woman sending a photo of herself like looking down like from her angle looking down. No! She like puts it out, presents it. This is what I would look like to you in the room. And yet the men are all there like holding their like junk, like look, you know. And I just, again, I have not
0: seen any of these in real life. <laughs> Me neither. I don't want to keep all of your dick pics to yourself, please. <laughs> oh my gosh, though. That is fascinating, Rebecca. I have never thought. I mean, again, I, I'm older than you. You and more married, longer <laughs> married. Not more married. We're both equally married. <laughs> um, but no, I never thought about that. That is so incredibly fascinating.
1: It is. And like literally, this you don't need to include
0: this. In I will put episode. that in Superstars. use your judgment. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, anyway, that is what I have been deep diving, and it was it was really good. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm glad I went back and got some like kind of concrete ideas around why I believe what I believe and why I had the reaction I did to the whole Kevin thing. So it's very fascinating. All right, Rebecca and I have even more to share with you in the deep dive fashion. So we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, we are back. We are doing little mini deep dives today. Rebecca, what's your other topic that's been kind of on your mind you've been looking into lately? The other thing that I have found
1: fascinating is how TikTok is changing the music industry. And at least in the way that it's changing the way that music is being promoted. So we have um, like, Lizzo this summer created a viral dance for It's About Damn Time. Megan Trainer, she created a viral dance for Made You Look. And Sam Smith released a preview of their single Unholy. Which I yep. have not realized that previews of singles were a thing. Apparently, teasers of songs are totally a thing that's been happening on YouTube, teasers of music videos. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay, listen. I am new to the world of music. All, literally, all I care about is Harry Styles, and he has not done that. So, like, I didn't realize this is a thing. But Sam's Sam Smith's preview of Unholy... And it's that song that is like, "Mama oh, yeah. don't know, Dad good, huh?" At the body shop. anyway. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, okay.
0: So. I'll put in a clip so people know.
1: Oh, an actual clip? What? An that wasn't good clip. enough. I can't. I can't imagine why it wasn't.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. So, Sam's preview, the clip of it went completely viral all before their song was even released.
0: Yes. I mean, it it was everywhere
1: everywhere it completely took over my for you page yes. it, people were doing transition videos with it with like music and fashion yep. i'm sure there was dance videos plenty um especially in the world of book talk i am see i'm still hearing that song with like uh, mm-hmm. book recommendations all the time yep but when some song actually did drop Then I started to see videos of people complaining that the song as a whole didn't live up to the hype of the preview clip. Yeah, And part of that is because it was so short. It was only like a minute and a half. Mm -hmm. But I found this article from the Georgetown Voice. It was written by Zachary Warren. And it's titled, Unholy is a Hot and Heavy Single with a Lukewarm Reception. And this is something he says that I think is interesting about the music industry through the lens of TikTok. So says, mm. the problem is that TikTok creates the expectation that every psalm has to be nothing but its highest highs, diluting its popular psalms to their best parts. However, in order to appreciate those highs, you also have to listen through the lows. And the psalms that manage to strike a balance are ones worth adding to your playlist. Yes. So, the critique is perhaps... That Sam's song, The lows didn't, like, live up to the high of it, right? right? Yes. And, like, that's all one thing. I think this idea of music going viral for, like, clips of it is, like, utterly fascinating. Mm -hmm. And, like, a new, like, TikTok world type of thing that is happening. Sam's being accused of fumbling the release of this song because... The preview time was, like, so long. I think, truthfully, it just went, like, so viral so fast that how could they have anticipated that? Right, but, yes. But then, enter Louis Capaldi. This poor man. I know. <laughs> have you seen his TikTok? Yes. Yes. He- <laughs> He is so frustrated. So he's a singer-songwriter from England. His newest single literally just dropped. But for most of November, he was trying to get his preview clip to also go viral on TikTok. Yes. And I will say that his videos complaining about the pressure that he has been feeling from his record label was absolutely hilarious. I am going to play now two of the TikToks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that he put out into the world um, about this, like, newfound pressure that yes. artists are under to go viral on TikTok. Okay.
2: Hello, everybody. It's Lush here. Can you just f- use this sound, please? See this song that I've got attached to this? Just go f***ing make a TikTok with it. I'm at my wits end. I don't know how to promote f- music on this app if you want to giggle all day long on tiktok i can do that i can join in with that This promoting music on it i have no clue how it works make make sure everyone's like Lewis, make sure people are making uh, tiktoks with the sound what does that mean i don't know what it means <laughs> And then you make these videos and you feel a bit disingenuous making the videos because you feel silly because you need to do public things and all this, and I get embarrassed. And then and you, do, you put this TikToks up and they don't go in, they don't work anyway. But then you look on TikTok and it's underground, he was a little with a with him. That's the big thing. Or is that guy with a weird moustache and the receding hairline who's got like, it's up to you, those eyes. Just use the sound.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm like good point. He's like, "How
1: is this Kevin guy going viral for his like yes. weird eye look?" <laughs> like here I am. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I have another one to play. Okay.
2: <laughs> so pointless comes out at midnight, and I have never been more f-ing exhausted before a singles come out in my f-ing life. If I have to hear, a bring a coffee in the morning, without then going into the rest of the song one more time, I'm gonna lose my. F- Mine. And there's people that are like, oh, that, uh, like, can you not show some of the new, the new, like, some more of the song? Uh, like, I'd like to hear more of the song. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I-
0: <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There is so much. If you guys want another rabbit hole, you can go down. Uh, looking at the way TikTok has influenced pop music especially, but the musical industry in general is a wild ride and it's it's happening right in front of our eyes and these Louis cabaldi (laughs) videos which i think are so fun that he's like acknowledging the angst of it all and like having fun with it in a sense so yeah
1: so i mean i don't have any like full drawn conclusion about all this except that exactly what you said. I think the way that artists are promoting music through TikTok is very interesting, as well as the fact that these song clips are becoming viral hits rather than the songs as a whole. Yeah. It's a complete shift.
0: The whole thing with Unholy, I agree. Like, I feel like when you go to the movie theater and you see a preview for a movie and then you see the actual movie after you've seen the preview and you're like, the preview showed all the best parts. I feel like it was the same way with Unholy. Like, it is a Mm -hmm. great... There's a great hook in that chorus, but that's it. That's all the song is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It was a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, my second deep dive is also music related. How did we? I'm serious. We are so sharing a brain right now.
1: It's, I love it. <laughs> yes.
0: Um. So I want to talk a little about about the awesome of Nathaniel Rateliff, which I told Kyle over the weekend. I do feel like. Being a fan of Nathaniel Rateliff has now become a personality trait for me. I relatable. I <laughs> Yours is a little more mainstream, I feel like. Okay. But as we as you know, as so we talked about off mic, Spotify Wrapped came out last week. Um we were sharing ours back and forth. Um I love Spotify Wrapped. It's my favorite holiday <laughs> on social media. <laughs> I love. I am so nosy, and I love to see what everybody's been listening to all year. Even if most of my friends have their kids' music mixed in too, I get the angst of that. Well, for the second year in a row, my top artist was Nathaniel Rateliff. Both his music with the Night Sweats, his band, and also his 2020 solo album, which I still listen to a lot. And for the second year in a row, I am in the top one percent of Nathaniel Rateliff fans. Good job! Proud of myself. (laughs) Because of the Spotify Wrapped coming out and, and being reminded like of how much I love him and his music, I did some deep dive into YouTube. Now I know Rebecca, like you were, you mentioned earlier in this discussion that a YouTube deep dive is how you, it was your gateway to Harry Styles. Yes. I've never been one to go and like watch music on YouTube, concerts or videos or whatever. I don't know. I'm just, I'm more living in my Spotify. But I did this whole deep dive into YouTube, and I think I shocked Kyle when I was telling him about all of this, because I I had said something like, you know, everyone's talking about, especially with Taylor Swift coming out with Midnight's, like, she's the bard of our generation, her lyrics, her writing. And I was like, I don't, I don't think, that, I mean, to me, Nathaniel Ratliff is like so much better when it comes to songwriting. He was like, what? Like, I never thought I would hear you say that. But I do have to give credits where it's due. Taylor Swift can weave in themes in songs across albums, across years. She can have a song on a current album that calls back a song she wrote a decade ago. That's amazing. I will give her it's that. amazing. But for me, the complexity of lyrics it is Nate Rayliff for me every time. And I think I realized finally, after doing all of these deep dives into this past concert footage of him and interviews and all of like all of YouTube that I could find with Nathaniel Rateliff. I I watched like a lot of it last week, Rebecca, like a lot. <laughs> um, and I think I really unlocked like why he and his music resonate so much for me. Now, he and I had d- different starts in life. His dad died when he was 13, but he was part of like a very evangelical Christian home and upbringing, which I do relate to that. His dad died when he was 13. He later dropped out of high school and then later left Missouri, where he grew up for Colorado and was doing like some Christian youth work there but then became totally disillusioned with Christianity and kind of left that community did a lot of odd jobs and small gigs really just trying to find his approach to music then when he when he and the night sweats like really made it big in 2015 with their single SOB his marriage was ending right as they were making it mm. big finally after all of these years of work and i just th- something fascinating in watching all of this youtube footage from the past couple of years and having seen him live in oklahoma city earlier this year One of the things that stood out to me when my friend Grace and I went to see him in concert is he's not chatty on stage. He is there to perform the songs that you want to hear him sing. And he performs the hell out of them. Like a a Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night Sweats show is a show. Like they are all in every single song. Huge sounds, huge high energy, so big. But he doesn't really talk to the crowd. Like he's not there to connect with you he doesn't give the background on like why they wrote the song or what it means to him or the context or anything. It's just like song after song after song. And so it was like an hour, an hour and a half of music, but very little of him like talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he kind of thinks maybe like the lyrics speak for themselves or what, but how I took that experience of seeing him live and it was kind of, I kind of compared it to his pandemic performances. So he released his solo album and it's still all right in February of 2020. Mm. Are you dying? Like Uh. this album that he had poured his heart and soul into, it covers some big topics like the death of his very dear friend and producer. And just, it was a devastating death for him. um, Richard Swift, when he had died, it covers divorce. It covers, you know, there's some lighter songs on there, but it's a very intensely personal, vulnerable album he put so much into it. It drops in February of 2020. He had barely gotten it launched when obviously everything shuts down. But because of that, there's so much publicity for the album that had to be done remote. Or like you'll see him like in a radio studio, but he's like by himself in a room and the person asking mm-hmm. questions is like far away, obviously, um, or in his home studio. And you just get this totally different vibe. Because when he's on stage with the Night Sweats, he's like this, this band, the front man for a band. And it's, it's, um, you know, modern soul and rock and roll and alt country. And it's like really big. But his album is very acoustic and very stripped down. Not all acoustic technically, but it's very, very stripped down sound. So you get this totally different vibe. And even when he and the Night Sweats did do a Red Rocks Colorado, the Red Rocks Amphitheater is kind of like their home base Um, performance in September of 2020, like they were on stage. It was like the whole setup, the whole deal, but there's no audience. And so like when there's no audience there, he sits down and talks about the songs and the lyrics and like what this means. And I just thought it was so interesting to see this juxtaposition And I do, this is where I relate to him in a very, very, very small way. He has a very big public life. This is very, you know, like magnified. And I feel like more on a micro level. But like I always say, I feel so nervous meeting awesomes in person because I feel like me as a person off mic, I'm going to be a disappointment because Mm. I'm, Uh when I'm on mic, it is 100% me. Like I am authentically me, but I'm also me dialed up to like 100. (laughs) Sure. Yeah.
1: No. That I yeah, this is relatable. I'm sure I, you can
0: relate. Yes,
1: I do not think that you actually would be a disappointment, but I <laughs> feel the same way about
0: myself. Yeah, <laughs> yes, because like, yes, on mic, I am a dialed up to hundred version of myself and more PG and so language is cleaned up. But I'm just—it's like, high, high energy. But off mic, like I couldn't, I couldn't sustain this level of energy at, in terms of host how I host, sort of awesome all day, every day, that would be so exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've had to kind of, and especially in the earlier years of sort of awesome, I really grappled with this a lot of just feeling like, am I being fake? Because I'm like, very over the top version of Meg on mic, but I'm in person, like you could say more acoustic, like I'm regular me. Sure. And so I think as I was watching all of this footage last week, I just like really, it resonated with me to see him. I would go back and forth. Like I would watch him in his home studio singing songs off his solo album, just being really, truly what feels like to me, authentically him.
2: Uh, This next song uh, is from my dear friend, Richard Swift, and it's called Rush On. I awake when it was over now in the days since you'll break and close your eyes. Rush on Rush on
0: And then I'd go watch like a night sweats concert, the footage from a night sweats concert. just be like this is the same person and his songwriting is immaculate and so beautiful and so complex no matter if he's writing for himself as a solo um performance or for the night sweats but there's you get these two versions of him and i don't know i just i super loved it it made me so happy i'm not done watching all of the Wright live youtube <laughs> i'm confident there's more i haven't found yet but i just then i was like am i Viewing Nathaniel Ratliff through the female gaze.
1: (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) Maybe.
0: Brought it all around.
1: I love how earlier before we hit record, I got his name mixed up and I accidentally (laughs) called him. What did I call him? David Ratcliffe? No, you
0: said Daniel Ratcliffe. Daniel Ratcliffe. The actor who played Harry Potter. (laughs)
1: And the funny thing is, Meg, is that you literally are wearing his name on your shirt as like a cliff note like 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 a billboard yeah. to me, like holding up the cue card. It literally says Nathaniel
0: what's his name? Right still, Nathaniel, Nathaniel <laughs>
1: right lift. It literally says it across your chest, and yet still I called him. Yeah. David I wasn't Ratcliffe. gonna tell that story on you. <laughs> And then, this is a confession, when you said, no, he's from Harry Potter, I was thinking so hard. I don't remember a character named
0: David Ratcliffe. I don't remember him. Oh my god. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die right now on microphone.
1: And then I was just like, well, whatever. It's probably like one of those Weasley people that like I just don't know all of their names. I don't know all the side characters because I watched several of the movies, but I didn't watch everything. It must be some side
0: character that I just didn't haven't been introduced to yet. I can't breathe. I am going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you say it, yeah, that does sound right. That he's
1: <laughs> he's the one who played Harry Potter.
0: I can't. I'm like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> self combust. I can't deal with this right now.
1: Oh well, I love that you like had this the, this like continued like yes. um, epiphany and like growing experience of. A- peeling back the layers of who your favorite artist is. I think that's like so fun. And it's so interesting that you noticed such a shift and a change in him from Mm -hmm. who he is on stage versus not on stage, in the band as a frontman versus his solo stuff. I think that, yes, that sounds like the perfect thing for you to deep dive into.
0: It was the best deep dive of a long time, for <laughs> sure, for sure. It's so indulgent. It was like so much more for me than, you know, like trying to explain feminism to my 15-year-old daughter. So <laughs> well, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, Rebecca, this has been so fun. I knew it would be. And when I floated this idea out to you, I was a little nervous because I was afraid you're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to do a deep dive on Mike. But this turned out to be amazing. It's so good. Um, If people want to find you to talk about our deep dives today or just anything, in general where can they find you all around the web
1: my website is simplyRebecca.com, and you can find me everywhere on social media at simplyrebecca.
0: okay you can find me on social media at sorta awesome meg you can find the show by searching sorta awesome whatever platform you're on just search sorta awesome we will find you there if you're talking about this show on social media give us a hashtag hashtag sorta awesome we would love to hear what you have to say awesome thanks so much for listening we'll see y'all next time